in the Course of Miracles, it talks about what's happening here is mind is projecting, and then, then this apparatus is perceiving the projection. Yep. So mind is projecting, and then they describe it in a different way that mind is dreaming, basically. So you and I are the dreamer of this dream, this right now, and uh, we forgot that we're the dreamer of this dream, and in the forgetting of that, we give everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. Yeah? So, the projection of meaning is coming from mind through us onto things. And even nothing, we give the meaning of nothing as being nothing, when it's actually everything. But yeah? So the meaning is coming through mind, from mind through this, and then being given meaning to everything that this comes in contact through the auspices of consciousness. Yeah? Consciousness is providing an experience here. You're hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, and you're hearing thoughts about what you see, hear, feel, taste, and touch. Yeah. So that is what's happening, conscious contact. And then this apparatus is the distributor of meaning. And most of us are saddled with a mental system called self-centeredness. Yeah. And so all the meaning we're giving things is coming from that basic format of how does it pertain to me, yeah? So instead of seeing life as happening, we, we interpret life as happening to us. It's a huge difference, unbelievably huge difference. When you were a kid, you were more in the life is happening thing. And as you grow out of being a kid and grow into this mental state, you're more into an interpretation that life's happening to me. And then I have tons of opinions that gets spawned, why shouldn't it be happening, why should it not be happening, why isn't it happening to me instead of you, and all like this, yeah? And then there's like a, a, like a, a, a mental feeding frenzy about, you know, what, what should be, what could have been if I wouldn't have done that, and all these things that are impossibilities, you know? If you want a basic lore about the past is that if it was supposed to happen, it did, and if it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it's just freaking pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> but the head doesn't buy that. The head believes, if I wouldn't have done that, then this wouldn't be happening to me now. Yes, but you missed a very important point. You seem to have done that. Yeah? <laughs> That's the one thing you're trying to sort of leap over that you can't erase with all your shenanigans. The mental shenanigans can't erase the fact of what's actually come to pass. Yeah, it would love to. It really would. It doesn't particularly like life in a way. It wants to have life a lot different than it seems to be all freaking day. And it does that, you know, seemingly. And there's a very important uh, part of the forward in the big book. Uh, I think it's uh, it says, an incredible statement it says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered. And a lot of people who share this at meetings say this. They say, we have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. But that's not what it says. It says, we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If you look at the word, up the word seemingly tonight, the dictionary, one of the definitions, I think it's the only one really, is that it appears to be true or false to you. That's what seemingly yeah. implies, yeah? So now you start seeing your role in things, yeah? So there, is there really any truth here? Or is it, a, it has to appear to be true or false to me? So you can take a simple example. If I'm in, bad, let's say, spiritual condition, this could be a problem tonight, yeah? Let's say. Next day I'm in good spiritual condition, it's not a problem. The next day I'm in quote-unquote bad spirit, and who's actually telling you if you're in good or bad spiritual condition? That's the real thing to find out. <laughs> the next day you're thinking you're not in good spiritual condition, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem, or is it a problem? It's appeared to be both. Yeah? Different days, different situations, it appears to be a problem, Another situation changes, I see the change, and it appears not to be a problem. So obviously you can see right there the living proof of that statement that you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. You can use that one example and then just expound on it because that's what's going on. Yeah? You're giving everything the meaning it has. And without knowing it, you're living in a sense, not you're not actually not living, you're interpreting life from a meaning that's already been given to this by mind. And that meaning is it's you, yeah? And not only that it's you, that it's a special you called me, yeah? Mm -hmm. 
This is the crown of its tiara of selfie. It puts it on this basic you, and now you become the special me that all your thoughts are about. <laughs> you think it's a crown, but it's actually shackles, really. <laughs> That's the problem. You really like to polish that crown, but you're basically tightening the shackles. You know, you you don't even understand the slavery aspect to it. <laughs> so, so now the you, which everyone here in this room sees this as a you, yeah, you're never going to call it a me, you know, because you already claim that. <laughs> That's the me <laughs> in your experience. I'm never going to get confused between this me and you, even though from another point of view, Chris's point of view, there's two you's here. But from the two, from your point of view, there's two U's. But from these these two point of views, there's one U and one B. <laughs> there's one B and one U here, and there's one B and one U here. <laughs> if you look at it from his point of view, I'm a U, never not to be a U. I'm always going to be a U. Never going to cross the line and ever get close to becoming B, and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> now I can have eight thousand U's here. 800,000 U's, but there'll only be one U that's crowned with the, the, the like the, the, the glory of selfing called B. And it's going to be this one, seemingly, yeah? And then this becomes the center of the universe, and now life is happening to this B. Not life is happening through this U, but life is happening to this me. yeah? I see light, I can see shit happening through this, but no, everything's happening to this. Yeah? <laughs> it's called self-centeredness, yeah? And it's turned into an incredible mental illness. Produces a lot of irritability, restlessness, and discontent that demands a, a solution or relief, but you seek the solution from the problem itself. It's always going to fail, yeah? Self can't get out of self. <coughs> You seek the solution from the problem. Yes. So you, identify, you want to get relief from the identification, but you want to get that relief by, by the identified. Yeah? The root of the problem is identification as, but you want to get relief from that as the identified. Yeah? So I want to be there when it gets good, but I'm the reason why it's not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I want to be there when it gets good, and therefore, it always has to be put into time. So people have now taken this to be the goal, I will be okay, instead of recognizing they inherently are okay. They actually have dismissed that possibility, and now I will be okay, or they have memories that they once were okay. But in fact, the basic state they're in is in an agitated state. Seeking, 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 seeking. Yeah? They want to get relief from this, but they want to get relief from this as this. That can't happen. I was, really, I was really intrigued in your video uh, this notion of the parasite. Yes. The and, parasite. A lot, and a lot of the things you're saying right now, you haven't said that word yet. No one. Yes. Bring yes. that together. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll riff on that. And then no more ads until question and answer. So I can, it's like okay. cooking a souffle. You don't want to open the oven door, you know? Let's cook it up. So, all right, the parasite is something that came to me because I have a, a deep, intimate experience of alcoholism. And for me, alcoholism is a possession. Something occupies you. Yeah, it does. Because I see people, and they're doing really good for a couple months, and they're... That you can see the uh, the contraction of their parasite is lifted and their faces are getting brighter and more relaxed. And then they go out and now that rabid look in their eyes is back and this and that. They've been possessed yeah, by that alcoholism. So for me, it's a mental movement. And the parasite is not alcoholism. That's a subdivision. The parasite is really the mind's addiction to being a self. That's really where it is. Now, one of its subdivisions or manifestations is called alcoholism, which is an extreme example of self-centeredness. And it, that gets a lot of uh, attention because of how it, it paints with a pretty broad stroke. You know, a lot of shit hits the fan in people's lives who are no alcoholics and the alcoholic like self. Yeah? But there is a much deeper root of the problem. Why I was trying to get loaded was I wanted relief from self. I wanted to get out of myself. Yeah? 
That has nothing to do with alcoholism in a sense. It's prior to alcoholism. That's why when you get relief from alcoholism, you may not get a radical relief from selfing. Yeah? And you can see it. See, selfing, one of the main uh, foundations of selfing, which is this mental process, which I describe a lot in what I'm sharing, so I'll say it now. Selfing is a mental process. I don't like to use the word self because that's giving it too much credit. That's assuming that it's a thing, which it isn't. It's an activity, a mental activity that produces, or what it does, it facilitates the mind to produce the sense of self. How does it do it? Well, the, one of the, the main ways is a language, yeah? So the language is a subjective language used by objects. You know, this you is talking as if it's the I, you know? I'm doing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting. But I'm not hearing or seeing. The ear isn't hearing, it facilitates hearing. The eye isn't seeing, it's facilitating vision. Yes? That's consciousness is what's allowing this to occur, not me. Yeah? But the selfing, it's in that position of claiming everything, so it's claimed to be the one who's doing something. And so, one of the major aspects of its bonding mechanism is the sense of being the doer. So let's use an example in recovery. The first step in recovery is we admit that we are powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. Yeah? It's an admittance. You have to, it doesn't matter if everyone in the world is telling you that's the fact. You've got to admit it to yourself. Your innermost self, in a way. So, all right. So someone admits to their innermost self that they are powerless, yet they still keep on harvesting guilt and shame based on they were the doer of those actions when they were under the influence of drugs and drinking. Yet, that goes contrary to the statement that you were powerless over alcohol. That means, if I'm dancing with a gorilla, I'm going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. I have no say in the matter. So as soon as I get loaded, all bets are off. In a way, I'm accountable for that behavior, but I'm not truly responsible. What's responsible for it is the parasite, yeah? It's taken me over and used me for transportation. I went and got it its fuel, and now it's having a heyday. It's just going berserk. And until something can physically stop me, I'll probably keep on going berserk, yeah? <laughs> because that was what I did. So, so people get into recovery, and they see that, and they admit their powerlessness, but it's not producing radical relief from the guilt and shame of past behaviors, yeah? Because that's really rooted in the self thing, yeah? That's part of the selfing pretty big dynamic. And usually the selfing, no matter what other ailment it has produced, is, and that ailment's being addressed, it never leads to seeing it. <laughs> it's like Dracula going on all the vampire hunts. He's very happy killing all the other vampires because it protects his vampire hunt, yeah? So selfing, very rarely, it can have tons of obsessions that it has to deal with. and it can The same voice that was talking to you when you were using and saying, what a great idea it would be to get loaded tonight, is the same voice that's critiquing your program. It's the same voice. It, it was a minus speed bump, you getting sober. It just had to regroup and now speak from a different position. Not like a cool leather tattoo, but now, you know, a humble, recovered person. Yeah? But it's still trying to claim all your actions as when you do service, you're the servant. I know you have 28 sponsees and you gladly tell everyone with that you have 28 sponsees. So you're mining all the same shit selfies mined when it was getting loaded. You're mining it in this field of recovery. It's the same, same. Bondage yourself is going on. Yeah? It's much nicer. You got a little more room. It's like you're in hell and it's two degrees cooler where you are. So I mean, it's a big upgrade, but you're still in a sense of in hell. You haven't really got radical relief from the true disease, which is the bondage of self. Yeah. Most of the steps don't even talk about alcohol. One, I think, one step. The first one does. All the other steps don't talk about alcohol because it's not about alcohol. Nor is it about drugs. Nor is it about pornography. It's not about any of them. Those are how it's expressing itself in our life. Yeah? But it can't express itself unless the correct Petri dish is in place, which is the minds being addicted to the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When that's in place, it has tons of material to manifest itself through. Tons. Tons of stuff. And now it's been having such a life, it's mutating to more neuroses every freaking day. I mean, swear to God. It's mind-boggling. 
You know, and the funny thing is, people are so observant now, now that they're recovering, but when they really needed to be observant, they weren't. When they were getting loaded, now when they could be just relaxed and free, they're very observant of themselves. They should be enjoying the freedom they have. It would have been better if they were very observant when they were getting loaded. Now they're extremely hyper-observant. I, I should have, what was my intention? Give me a freaking break. Enjoy yourself. You went and you bought a bagel. Your intention was to buy a bagel. Why do you have to look deep into it for? To me, it's just more obsession with self. It's like people studying about obsession with self for two years. You could construe that as obsession with self. Because you know? self can't get out of self. It's a perfect, beautiful statement, an incredible disclaimer in AA. It says self-knowledge avails you nothing. So to me, if selfing's main movement is claiming, with anything it comes in contact with, let's say you come in contact with knowledge about self, if you're in the identification of self, that self is going to claim the knowledge, and that knowledge is not going to do you any fucking good. It's not going to lead you to freedom from self. You're going to be like a professor of holes, but you keep falling in the holes. What's the point of the knowledge about holes unless they steer you away from the hole? To me, I don't want to know how I'm an expert on holes. Great. I'd rather just not fall in any of them. But, you see? So, the idea of the disease of alcoholism is, is an adjunct or a manifestation of the original disease. And so we stop drinking and using in the hopes of seeing, like in the inventory process, the patterns of how self has defeated us in our life. Yeah? Not how alcohol and drugs did. They facilitated the defeat. They were used, but the real defeat was by self. This idea of being a self. And it says it in the book, if you read it on page 60, you know, you'll get it. This is AA is supposed. I've done so many talks in non-AA things, and it's probably the best way to explain it how people are fucked right now is how the, is describing the problem of, of AA. Because everyone has the deeper inherent problem of addiction to the idea of self. So in this program, at the, right before the inventory process, it has a beautiful statement. And this really became alive to me after my mind recalibrated. And it says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. It's a beautiful statement, because he's describing the whole situation. So, being convinced, hey, hopefully at this point you you have a belief, and now you're certain about it, after you've heard all these other people share what it was like to be an alpha, da 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 Yeah? All right, now you're convinced of that. Now that we're convinced, we're going to look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations in our lives. And the next paragraph starts with the word resentment. So follow the logic. Resentment is an expression or a manifestation in self, of self in your life. It's not yours. It's not your expression. When you identify it as a self, you'll claim the self's expressions as yours, and it's a damn good diagnostic to see where you're at. Because if you keep calling fears your fears, you're under the influence of the identification of self. Because you're now claiming an expression of self as yours. That's the active bondage of self. It's not like you were bonded in Des Moines, Iowa, like 1997, you know, and you have a 10-year sentence, and then you have to get back 19, 2007 to Des Moines and go to the right place at the right time, and you'll be released from the bondage to self. It's an activity. People have it like this. 11 o'clock in the morning, you may be having an experience of being free from the bondage of self. 11.03, you may be up the ass of self again. You may feel like you're bonded to self. 11.07, oh, you feel like you're free. 11.10, you feel like you're bonded. This is what happens. Because the state, the identification is in place. It has this and that quite a lot. But that, that this, this, this doesn't change. You're the one who feels like it's up the ass of self, and you're the one who feels like they're free from self. That is the selfie. The feeling of being the one who's freed and the one who's bound. That's the identification of self. Not the, not the dualistic expression of close, far, connected, disconnected, feeling peaceful, feeling agitated. That's just, that's, that's like the seesaw resting on the axis of self. Yeah? This is it. This is the, where the bonding is occurring. So, and even with the ego, people talk about what's the difference between an ego and self. Well, the sense of self feels like it has an ego. <laughs> 
The ego doesn't feel like it has a sense of self. The sense of self feels like it has an ego. And then it wants to lose the ego, but it doesn't want to lose the sense of self. It just wants to be an egoless self. <laughs> so, oh, I, I have no ego, but everyone else's ego is bothering me now. That's what happens. I'm an, I'm a self, I'm an egoless self, but those cells still have ego. Yeah? The, the, the basic bonding point is not being addressed. That's why there's no radical relief. Yeah. You would know the tree by its fruits. If you fell upon the right, right fruit and, the, and every bit of fruit that came down was still good, every one of them, you would know the tree was damn good. Yeah. So in my experience, I've realized for years now that I've traveled lighter over all the geography of my life. It didn't change the geography of my life. It probably altered a lot of it, but it didn't change it radically. But it's afforded me the ability, which I believe all of us have, to travel lighter over it. Yes? What more do you want? That's called the freedom from the bondage of self. It's a living freedom. It's not a freedom I'm going to get one day when I, after I get my, my spiritual epiphanies notarized by a spiritual authority. And I'll find, you're, all right, you're good. You're spiritually awake. Yes, right. Make sure you re-up it next year. Another No. You'll know in your gut, yeah, by how things are for you, yeah. You'll travel lighter, consistently. You'll, you won't have to struggle with a day at a time. You'll realize that that's all there is. You'll realize, I don't need therapy for what's not happening. I see it as not happening. That's the therapy. <laughs> it saves me a lot of talking, because it's not happening. Why do I want to conjure something up that isn't so by talking about it as if it is so. I'd rather just shut up, yeah, and let that urge pass and just stay present because I can't not be present. Not that I'm working hard at being present. I totally, totally am totally convinced I cannot be out of a moment. So then why the hell would I want to try to get into it? I don't believe I was ever out of a moment, so there's no need to try to get in it. I have no, not an inch of feeling that I can get more into this moment. I don't. Because I don't believe you can be out of a moment. I really don't. I don't, do not believe every moment of your life you've been there. Every freaking moment. You may have thought, oh, I was thinking about being somewhere else, but the surveillance camera shows you you were there 843 at Bank of America Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I was, I was in Hawaii. No, you weren't. You were right out there at the bank. Yeah. This is the most common sense of all approaches, because it's no approach at all. You get to see blue is blue and red is red. I don't, why do I want to try to get into something I can't be out of? And why do I want to get out of something, self, that I cannot possibly be truly in? I cannot be a self. No way. No, no, no. You have the proof in your own life. When you were a baby, it took you months and months and months of, of the brain developing to have a sense of self be produced. It's not part of the stock uh, version. It's an option. It's a mental option. <laughs> and that thing, that process produces a sense of self. How does it do it? How does it do it? Look at your language. Look at the, the thoughts, how they sound to you. First of all, people go, well, why do I listen to them? Because they sound like me. What causes them to sound like you? Because they're the vocal cords of this body? You must be identified as the body if you call it your voice because obviously it's just the body's vocal cords producing the sound that you're calling you. You don't see that as an act of being identified? Of course you are. You're identified as a body. At that moment, you're identified as the body and you're calling the body's voice yours. You don't see it? This is the act. The heist is happening right underneath your nose while you're worrying about something somewhat as a big fucking event in the future. It's like those... That one heist they did in the early days of the stock market, where there's so many millions of transactions, this guy got together where they stole like a quarter of a penny off of every transaction, which was like trillions of transactions. They made away with tons of money. No one noticed it because it was such a tiny little decimal point of extraction. No one noticed it. That's what's happening. All day, the heist is occurring right under our noses. Yeah. We start our day based in the idea of being a self. 
We're already in interpretation. We're not even that much that much conscious of our of the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? How much have you smelled today? How many things have you stopped to actually touch? Yeah? Isn't it more, it's like those dogs that have mange and they put those cones on them so they won't itch? We're walking around with like a little satellite dish. I need mine, like K-Paul, all day. Oh, golden oldies. What if? What could have? What should? What? 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 <laughs> it's, just, it's just an illness. Yeah? It's an illness. And everyone's consuming and drinking and pornoing and sexing. Why? Because they're dying to get relief. Yeah? From an itch they can't seem to scratch. Because their identification as a self is the living itch. And you scratch it, it causes more suffering. Yeah? But what would happen if you were not that? What would happen if you saw what they're describing as the the engine of alcoholism, which is selfing, or self-centeredness, or self-obsession, if you saw the object of the obsession wasn't you? What would happen? Well, I'll tell you what happened with me. I lost interest in it. I lost interest in all those thoughts about me when I wasn't the me that they were about. And I, they're fucking incredibly boring. Yeah? Just like if you came over my house, if Chris came over my house and he started talking to me about all the concerns that are actually not happening, but he really believes they're going to be happening in his life, I'd be bored in two minutes. Because I have a distinct separation. I would see them as his. And that's all I would need for immunity. I could sit super close to him and it wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't jump over on me. Yeah? He's got his own little private porno theater and I wouldn't be in sitting in there. Yeah? But the same thing could be going on in my head, and if it tells us it's about me, there's a huge interest in it. Yeah? Why? Is it interesting? No. What makes it interesting is it's about me. That was the key. When I entertain, I may not be that, I started to lose interest in all that which is reinforcing and pointing to and assuming that being of itself. Yeah? And once my interest and attention started to get extracted from that account, the account started to dry up pretty fucking fast. Yeah? And I didn't need to have any vigilant, working really hard process to get relief from what's not happening. I just saw it as not happening. Yeah? And that was it. Yeah? I mean, vision came back. Clear, clear as a bell vision came back. And when it came back, it was as if it never left. It was just something covering over it. An activity, a process of mind called mental process called selfing. That's what was covering it. Yeah. So I got some of the first realizations I had was the, the power of the word my. M-Y. Unbelievable. I used to use this little thing at the fourth set workshop all the time. I put three topics most people are, uh, think are important. Let's say health, yeah, sex, and money. And everyone in the room would have, would weigh it out. You'd give meaning to those statements. Sex, money, health. But now let's change the meaning. Let's make it heavier. Add the word my in front of it. My money. Hugely <laughs> different, yeah? My health. Oh, very, very important occupation to be thinking about. My health all day. My sex. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just one little why. That my is preceding almost everything that's going on in our life all day. Every conscious contact has been claimed. Now it's I'm the one who's seeing, I'm the one who's hearing, I'm the one who's feeling, I'm the one who's tasting, I'm the one who's thinking, I'm the one who's touching. Yeah? We're starting way behind the eight ball. And just like AA takes you from the first two columns where there's no relief to a fourth column of an inventory and there's a huge possibility of relief, we're just adding on to what they showed, taking it back farther to see, all right, let's go to the next step. Hey, you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Woo, all right, that's all. And then what you take yourself to be has been given a meaning. It's been called you, me, yeah, by mind. You think you're the one that's given everything a meaning. You're just a distribution center. <laughs> <laughs> the mind and the modality of self-centeredness is using this to give meaning to things and to have an experience with those things as real and solid and with the ability to affect me. It does, yeah? <laughs> Most people say, oh, well, yes, I'm giving everything the meaning it has, but they believe they're the one that's doing it. This facilitates it. This has been given a meaning. This. This view has been given a meaning called me. It's been crowned. It's been crowned the quality of spirit as a mental-physical hybrid. Yeah? 
And now you don't have a sense of consciousness. You have a sense of, I'm the one who sees and what was seen. But you don't feel the seeing. You don't sense the presence of what's going on here. You only see the things, when, and it all, every, everything that's seen during the day is always brought back to the seer. This. This. So everything is based on self-centeredness. Everything is seen as how it pertains to me. Yeah? Everything I hear, the emphasis is on the hearer and the heard, not the hearing. Everything I feel is on the feeler and the felt, not the feeling. Yeah? We have been, we have been moved from a living experience into an interpretation about a living experience. And it's, for some of us, it's very, very dry, and we're apt to do anything to get some relief, to do something, to feel excited, to feel like I'm alive. For me, it ended up shooting coke in my neck. I wanted to rush to happen as fast as I possibly could. What would bring that about? A huge desire to get out of a huge discomfort, I'd imagine. <laughs> and I couldn't get out of it because I was trying to get out of it as what was causing it. I didn't have any idea that was going on until I did. And when I did, everything rang true, became an unspoken yes, and that what was being taken as me was seen as a foreign installment, and a relief, a radical relief, became available from that day on. And it's just grown ever since. Yeah. I was trying to be free as this, but the whole point is to be free from this. Yeah. That's the whole point. And you're not going to get free from this as this. It's not going to work. You don't have... And that's what I did. I was trying to become free. I was meditating in jungles in Thailand 13 hours a day. Seven hours, six and a half... What was that? 13 hours. Six and a half hours walking meditation. Six and a half hours sitting meditation. Every day for three weeks. Yeah. Had, had a bowl of soup at 10, before 10.30 in the morning. And then you could have yogurt drinks until 12. I lost like 20-something pounds there. And I was skinny to begin with. Having a mucho grando spiritual quote on experiences, but nothing changed radically. As soon as I left the temple site, it, it all evaporated about two days of being back in the city. <laughs> there was no place for it to hold. How can peace find rest in, in a point of agitation? The agitation is going to dominate the peace and make it agitated. Yeah. That's what people do. You hear about peace, and what does your mind do with it? It causes, it, it stirs itself up even more by saying, oh, I'm not at peace. I should be at peace. How can I get at peace? They're at peace. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah? Peace is meant to bring a sense of relief and ease. It, what, it does the exact opposite when selfing claims it. It's, be, it's used to stir the pot even more. Enlightenment's even more so. Fucking people are so better off when they never heard the word enlightenment. Which means the cessation of all suffering, like cessation, complete stoppage of all suffering. Yeah, using the idea of enlightenment to produce mental suffering. Yes or no? So that becomes the goal. Yes, it's going to lead to a cessation of suffering, but while it's leading, I'm going to be suffering like crazy because I'm not there yet. What a fucking insane thing to fall for. It's like, it's like a form of slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you are, you're not actually free, but you can maybe be free, but while you're, while you're approaching it, you're going to feel like shit every day based on that you're not at the freedom point. But then when you, if suddenly something happens and you land there, you expect that you'll be able to embrace it, you'll shit all over it. Just like you drop an alcoholic into heaven, it'll be hell in a day. Just that mind's not going to rest in, in fucking enlightenment. It's going to look for turbo enlightenment. Turbocharged enlightenment. Because you're going to be waiting for your your great old wise authority, the voicing little voice box up there, to tell you, you finally arrived, Paul. That arrival will last like five minutes. Agitation begets agitation. You're like on a baton death march, <laughs> seeking for relief from what you're taking yourself to be. You cannot get relief from it as it. That's the whole point. That's what happened to me. My attention got shifted, and I started looking this way. It's just like the fourth column. I took it farther back to the fourth column. I went past the fourth column into source, into the exact nature of the wrong. And the exact nature of the wrong, it's, just, it's imaginary. It can only reach the level of seemingly so. You are what affords it the reality it seems to have. You give it to it. 
How can something that's false, like in recovery you have the acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real. It says it beautifully, false evidence appears real. It doesn't say false evidence suddenly becomes real. It doesn't. It appears real. Who is it appearing real to? How can something false appear real unless it's being lent the reality from what is real? Us. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. We're giving things that have no meaning the meaning of being real through the ignorance of identification of self. And then that which we've given the meaning of being real is really taking a big bite out of our asses. Now, just like it says, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're the dreamer of the dream. In forgetting it, we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. As what? A dreamt object. It's not affecting mind. The big mind, this has nothing, this has never happened in mind. This is just a fucking aberration. It's like a little phony loop that our interest and attention got caught up in because we cherish this idea of being a special someone. Yeah? And when we get weaned off of that and lose interest in that preoccupation, all of the effects that thing can have over us, all these things, will diminish greatly because our interest and attention will be withdrawn and come back to where it's always been, right here and now. And now your interest and attention will enrich your day instead of enslave you in every day. Yeah? That's what we're doing. This is what happened. I entertained the possibility. It dawned on me. I entertained it. And I've been entertaining it ever since. It's like the last answer. I haven't found any new one since. This was it. This put The ball stopped rolling when it rolled onto this square. <laughs> it was just a recognition... You know, this is it, man. Just, okay. The suit's over. <laughs> Preparation is done. <laughs> There's no, no need for a get ready, get set, go room. You're on. <laughs> Incessantly. <laughs> like that. Endlessly. Like a baseline that you've missed the whole time, but it's never been gone. An underlying baseline. Of peace, of silent peace, vibrating. <coughs> Your mind just, instead of extending in time about you there and then, now extends in infinity on this incredible baseline. Yeah. Mind finds a place finally to rest. Yeah. Finds peace. And it has the ability to enjoy peace of mind, like it says in AA. You will now have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. Peace of mind's always been available, but when you're, when you're on the train of selfing, you can't stop. You cannot use agitation to find stillness. That won't happen. So, that's what happens. Now it's been out how many years. We have these gatherings twice a week. And I love when people from the tribe come, because... You already have a lot of the work done. You've gotten your ass kicked sufficiently, hopefully, that maybe you, you're willing to admit that you're not managerial quality. Yeah, That's the big opening, really. Once you can admit that you're not running the show and not in control, then you'll see something else work. For me, it's like being on an operating table. Your job is just not to get up. Life just works on you, it works on you. And as long as you don't take the doctor's role, you stay the patient, everything works out fine. Yeah. You get to be of use, you get to be of service. It's doing service or not, you'll be of service because you'll be available. Why? And when you're available, you'll sense the presence of what you are. Yeah. And then everything, confusion. You may, I'm confused like where my keys are and stuff, or did I turn this thing on? But I'm not confused about metaphysical things anymore. <laughs> anymore. It's just, none of that stuff confuses me at all. Yeah. It's very simple, very clear, very clean. Yeah. If, the, if it dawns on you and it becomes an unspoken yes and it's the last answer, then you just entertain it. And that will be your preoccupation the rest of this time that you're here. Everything else will come and go and you'll have the ability to deal with it or not. It doesn't matter because what never comes and never goes will be your baseline. Yeah? Has a profound impact on you here. I mean, light begets light, you know? 
if traveling can branch off into being either heavy or light, if light is the navigator, I'm, I'm telling you it's going to become more and more progressively light. Just like the Course says, you and I are dreaming this dream. We're going to dream ourselves out of it. And as we do, the dream will get happier. And that's what happens, yeah. AA is like dreaming yourself out of the dream, yeah? AA is a vehicle mind using in the dream to dream itself out of the dream. That's what it's doing. Talks like this are in the dream, and the mind's using this to get dream itself out of the dream. Yeah? It's using its own material to get out of the dream that it's dreaming. Yeah? It's beautiful. It's not saying, there's no dream and negate it, extill and kill the dream. No. Hey, chill out. You know, you've heard this message. You're going to dream yourself out of the dream, and the dream's going to get happier. And then just be honest about your observations. I would probably imagine you'll have to agree with that over time. You'll see, hey, I've been traveling lighter. Yeah. And that's going to progress. Just like they say the disease of alcoholism progresses, recovery from it progresses. Also, big time progresses. It makes quantum leaps. Quantum, quantum leaps. Alcoholism progresses, but not quantumly. Yeah? But relief from alcoholism makes quantum leaps. Your mind hits a certain point, hits a plateau, that plateau becomes a big foundation, and then a huge fucking house is built on it. Yeah, huge. A lot of windows, a lot of, a lot of circulation, a lot of openness. Yeah. What you do is your mind hits, here's this, like some people I've watched here, I've seen the light go on in their faces here. They heard something, they heard the invitation, and their mind got it. And so now the mind's just unfurling that flag, it, it, it sewed itself, and then that's dreaming itself out of the dream. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm getting healthier, my girlfriend can attest to it, as I'm getting older. I've grown a half inch. I have. I have grown a half inch. Things are weird, weird things are happening. You know? My girlfriend rather have pictures of me now than when I was young. She's like, what? No, I like the way you look now. Why? You and I would assume the way I'd be going downhill, but I'm actually going the other way. I was sick, really chronically ill for years in recovery. And then somehow I broke in through something and I made a quantum leap physically and and, uh, got well. Who knew? Yeah. It just happened. So, but now you have the ability, just like it says, you have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. You have the ability to enjoy health. You have the ability to enjoy what you have. Yeah, not deny it uh, for what you think you want. You have the ability to have gratitude. You have the ability of all these things that seemed like the only way I'm ever going to be able to reach that is by practicing and becoming vigilant about it. It doesn't. That's not the case. This is a very relaxed. Uh, situation, yeah? Your attitude gets infused with gratitude. Yeah? You have an easy access to peace of mind, yeah? Because you see it as always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it. Yeah? These things, and these aren't, these aren't like mystical affirmations you try to convince yourself with. These are, after the fact, the mind tries to make sense of what's already happened. It's not trying to make sense to cause it to happen. It's already happening and it's trying to make sense of it. It's trying to, to, to uh, express what's already happened. It's not trying to provoke it. It's already happening. Yeah? It's just trying to express it the best it can. The head, articulation, all like that. These are just forms of attempting to express what's already so. Not trying to beseech it to, to arrive, but as an expression of it. It's totally different. Yeah? Totally different. So, you are the same, the mind is the mind. Yeah? I have faith in it. And you're the mind, I'm the, well, I'm not, you're not, but the mind's there. The mind's there. And at the mind at this moment, nothing that's ever happened has ever affected or touched it. It's pristine and clear and gorgeous and empty, like a sun-filled open sky. Yeah? That's what mind is like, the big M. All this stuff of it's like henna tattoos doesn't leave a mark on it. Nothing that has happened yet. All your heinous acts in the court of light have been annulled before they ever seem to have happened. 
we're just stuck in, stuck in the court system of the court of mind, yeah? And we've all been, already been convicted of them. We're just going to resentencing, 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 praying for probation or parole. <laughs> but fuck, you know, just throw me a little bone. The biggest hook you're on is your own. It's the selfing playing God. You've been convicted. But none of that's ever going to be worked out in the court of mind, the little small M mind. But in the court of light, nothing ever happens. You don't need forgiveness if nothing ever happened. Yeah? Seriously. I did certain things out there based on the paradigm of selfing that there was no, there was no, it was an airtight case against me. I was convicted I was going to have to suffer for the things that I did. Yeah? They may not have been the things that looked like the worst, but they were the worst to me. Like not giving my mother money when I got a settlement. After I'd been saying I'd give her money for years, instead I bought a half a pound of coke. Yeah? And shot it all up. Now, there was no way in hell, in all the courts of mind, I tried to avoid, but I'd get the subpoenas every time I think the ninth day of a ten-day run would <laughs> come up, <laughs> shit like that, all those emotional hangovers. I was convicted, man. I was just doing time here, basically. And there didn't seem, there was no way I could win the case. Logically, I was fucked. I should have done something, and I didn't do it, yeah? But all based on the premise that I was the doer, that nothing could have a, a dominant influence over me other than my own will, which is total baloney. I get taken over every day. You eat a, you eat a too much sugary cakes, you're going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I should have known better. No, no. This is all the arrogance of selfing. You're not the doer of fucking anything. Things are being done through us. You know, based on the mental wind that has us that, at that moment, yeah? Whatever mental wind is dominating you now is going to be the main expression here. And it's going to use, to use you. This is the vehicle to express. A lot of mental winds cannot produce an effect here but through us. They have to use us to produce an effect. Yeah? Just like alcohols. That's why I call it the parasite. The parasite has convinced the host yeah, that it's the parasite. So now we put up with all the expressions. We'll even die to be right about its expressions because we're calling them ours, yeah? And it's as insane as, this is a nature show I saw, which is great, I shared it a couple years ago, where there's this uh, mushroom, it's a cordyceps mushroom, and you know mushrooms, they want to procreate like everything else and spread themselves, so they have tons of spores, that's the seeds, and they usually use the wind, you know, to blow, and then hope, and then it's just a crapshoot. If they land in the right place for them, they, they'll grow, if not, they're just dead. But this one's pretty smart. The cordyceps, the spores, land on ants. There's a certain kind of ant that are solitary. They don't have a big thing. And they burrow into the head of the ant. And they, they hide, they jack into the brain of the ant, and they convince the ant that it wants to walk to this dank little damp place <laughs> underneath this ledge, under these mildewed leaves. Yeah? And so the ant goes there, probably if it was a self-centered ant, says, oh, go and go over there. I mean, really, this is where I want to go. <laughs> but it's actually been jacked into by the, the spore, and it's running the spore's agenda, which is, i got to get a dark, dank place to grow. And as soon as it arrives in its suitable location, it kills the ant. And then the mushroom grows right out of the head of the ant. It's amazing. Wow. You don't think we're, this is anything different? <laughs> your break. You're possessed. Yeah. The mental winds are blowing spores. Yeah, they have a giant landing pad. They already have the Petri dish called selfing. And now they're just, anger comes over you, jealousy comes over you, just and that. Just, these things blow in. And then they, get, they leave unscathed because you claimed all of their expressions as yours. You can never get to the root of the matter because you think you're the root. Yeah. Just like there's this thing called candida that grows in the intestines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the oldest funguses in the world, and it's in the body, all bodies, human bodies. And but what's happened is it broke out of it, it now can go through the intestinal wall and it goes throughout the body. Yeah. And now so it's inside you, but it has its it wants to eat something, yeah, and it likes sugary stuff. So it has to, it can't go shopping at Entenmann's, yeah? It doesn't, have, it doesn't have a way to get out there, can't get to a phone and call up, can you deliver a 
frosty creams or something, you know? So what happens is it jacks into the system and convinces the system, hey, you really want to have some fucking pastries today. And so all the while you're going to buy the pastries, you may have a whole story that you're a great lover of pastries, but it's all been produced and reinforced by the candida, the intelligence of the candida, because it needs you to get its fuel, just like alcoholism needs you. Alcoholism cannot drink. It doesn't have a mouth or a hand to grab a beer. It can't put, it doesn't have a pore to shoot a needle into. Yeah? But it uses these to get the, its, its, its food, and once it gets its food, it, it enlivens itself. It becomes amplified, and it has a run. You, it, it wakes up, it has you for like 10 days, and it goes fucking crazy. And then you're totally exhausted the 10th day, usually in jail or somewhere. And then you've got to deal with all the shit. It's just, it's not there. You've got to go to court, seemingly. You don't have to take the urine test every week. You know, you're on probation. And you can't even remember what you did. I know guys in San Quentin that killed people in a blackout. They're in for the rest of their life. And they don't remember the night that caused them to be in jail the rest of their life. They were taken over. It's a huge heist. No one's getting caught. None of the parasites are getting even seen. <laughs> the self-centeredness is like the greatest disguise of all. Because everything that comes through you will be, come, will be seen as coming as you, by you, you know, for you. It'll all be about you, 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 you. Yeah? And the heist continues on and on and on. Yeah? You come here, and yet your head may be in three weeks from now. Yeah? And if you're addicted to those thoughts with the, with the facilitating bridge called mine, they're my thoughts, if, even if you really want to be here, you don't have the ability to be here, in a sense. You are here, but you're not attending the place because you are preoccupied by there and then. Yeah? It's insane. You want to live for the day, but what day are you living for? It's probably three weeks ago and a month from now. Yeah. And I, I always say, what whatever screws you whatever screws your Wednesdays up, not Wednesday. It's very rarely the Wednesday you're in that screws your Wednesday up. It's last Saturday or next week, yeah? You don't see it. It's like a form of slavery. I will be okay. Oh, wow. I see people totally fucked up. You're going, hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm really fucked up. But I will be okay. How about now? No, no, let me stay. I'm fucked up now. But I will be all right. <laughs> okay. You want to pledge allegiance to time? Great. You know? People come to these talks. Oh, I really like to talk. But Tuesday. <laughs> all right, so Tuesday's not anywhere near Wednesday. But it's brought in. You know, to put a big stop to what's happening on Wednesday because Tuesday, I'll be at work. So Tuesday becomes a dominant thing. You don't see it? Time. Overriding now. All day. All day. And then you wonder why you feel so discontent. Yeah. You're being used to facilitate the bondage of self. Put your foot down, you know. Stop looking at it. And see if it's about you. If it isn't you, you'll lose interest in it. When you lose interest in it, it's just like, have you ever seen a motorized hamster cage? <laughs> have you seen one? No. The hamster gets in, runs, and he may be bitching, I hate this fucking cage. I hate this. And then he gets out and goes, wow, a miracle. Someone cut, stop the, the cage. No, you got out. Once you get back in, it's going to go again. You put two and two together. You're a big participant in what's going on here. This isn't like victimhood. It's not like spiritual passivity. It's seeing what's going on. There's no motor in the cage. You're the motor. Your interest and attention is fueling it. Yeah? Why? Because it's about you. If it's not about you, maybe, just maybe, this is what happened to me, and this is what I found out over time, my interest and attention was taken out of that, just left it, and went somewhere else that is much more rewarding to be in, which is now. Yeah? And I haven't been gypped on any day for a long time. Not one fucking day. 
I did it every second of today. I was in the water today, I was in there, I was out of the water, I was out of there. I ran into an old friend, a really old person there, I ran into a lovely woman, I was there. Yeah. Why? Was I I was really trying all day to be with them. Oh try no, no, I don't try at all, that's why I'm there. <laughs> I don't believe you can be out of here. I don't. I truly do not believe I can be out of the moment. So the whole idea and all the things I used to buy, how to get into the moment, how to get more into the moment, have... What's the point? My trying to get into the moment is a form of, being, of believing that I'm out of the moment. Yeah? So, there is a solution. From the solution's point of view, there is no problem. It's a seeming, it's a seeming situation. It's appearing to be true or false to you. Either one second it appears to be false, you're free from it. True, you're not, you're bonded to it. Free, blah, 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 blah. And like it says in AA, you know, you'll hit a point where the problem will, will not exist for you. That will only stay as an experience if, if the problem keeps existing as you. If it shifts to it doesn't exist as me, then your experience will stabilize into a state. The problem will really, will truly not exist for you quite a lot of the time. Yeah? But it, that doesn't come from an experience that doesn't exist for you, but it comes from the state that it doesn't exist as you. You've woken up to it. And it, it, what it does is it's not you. All the information about self, of self is to forget it. Yeah? All the information you get about self is to forget the self. Because the information lends itself to this one distillation. I'm not that. Yeah? I'm not that which is being pointed at by my head all day. I am not the feeler, I am not the thinker, I am not the hearer, I am not the smeller, I am not the taster. Yeah? I don't know what I am, and I don't care what I am. I'm finding out what I am by being it. Yeah? Which to me is the, this, this is the, this is the form of knowledge that you could call living. Yeah? You are being something, and you find out what you are by being it. Yeah? You just see it manifest, and then you can see it in others manifest, and then you can see you can see it, it's, it's signature over everything, what's going on here. Yeah? And then the coincidences abound, and the choreography of things that occur, you know, it's, it's, it's just an incredible dance that something is running the whole show, and it's not you or I, as these little individual entities. So, yeah. I'm psyched, man. It's cool. I'm still excited for years. I'm never not excited about this message. Because it's a really, it's the message or what you call the solution is worthy of the definition of solution. Because it fucking works. And it keeps on working. Yeah? It really does, man. Because the solution, if the problem is imaginary, there's no need for a solution either. That's how, why, how economical it is. You don't even have to have a solution. Yeah. It's only temporary. As long as the problem seems real, you need a solution. But the solution informs you the problem can only seem to be real. That's a, therefore, there's no need for a solution to an imaginary problem, isn't there? No. <laughs> That's the quality of timelessness, which is constantly in all the downloads from the solution is the quality of timelessness. No process, no path, no this, no that. Just an immediate so-ness. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you approach step nine without selfing? Because, of course, you're accountable. You have to clean it up because your attention and interest has been, has been caught in the selfing and has been stored in past and future. So you're going back to those events and reclaiming the energy that's been frozen by them. That's its accounts. The self's bank accounts is in the past and the future. That's what it's drawing from all the time. It draws its relevance from the past and the future. It has no relevance now, yeah? And it has a lot of its accounts frozen, yeah? By avoiding those things that you felt you did, by not cleaning up your past, so these, this is like a visit of reclamation. You go back into your past. Just like I have always used this example, because it explains it beautifully. I got sober, and before I was sober, I lived in North Beach for a stretch of time on Montgomery Street. And there was a market in North Beach called Rossi's Market. And I used to rob from there, like every day. I had one of those long 
like uh, overcoats. And I put like a like a flat kind of steak in here and two sixteens here, and I'd walk out. That would be my sustenance until the afternoon, <laughs> until I hopefully could get drugs. And I did this months and months and months. You know, never got caught. So I get sober, and I'm getting into the program, and I'm really enjoying it. And there's a really good meeting in North Beach on Thursday nights. Used to be at this church, St. Paul's, I think. And I'd like over there, and you know, San Francisco. Parking, parking spaces are a premium. And North Beach is really difficult. I'd be driving around, but I'd never go on the block where Rossi's Market was. I didn't want to go by Rossi's Market. I wasn't thinking about it unless I was in North Beach. When I was in North Beach, I was really thinking about it. Didn't want to go. So this went on for a couple of months. And finally, I just said, I'm going to go in there and make amends, yeah? Which is one of the things we do in AA. Going back into your past and sort of clearing, cleaning them up by being accountable, yeah? So I went in. Asked the guy, and they said, the manager upstairs, I went upstairs, he said, uh, I said, you know, I used to live around here, I stole a lot of stuff from you, and here's 54 bucks or something, you know, probably owed him a lot more. The guy was sort of surprised, I said, I'm, the only reason why I'm doing this is I'm in a program of recovery called AA, here's your money. And I walked out, and I never thought of Rossi's Market again, yeah? So I went back through the events, reclaimed my energy, which is the energy of being here now, my interest and attention, which was in a storage unit called Stay Away From Rossi's Market. Avoid that. Pride says, do not go there. Yes? You'll be too embarrassed, so let's just cut out Rossi's Market, just like I cut out Valencia Street, just like I cut out Fillmore, Lower Fillmore, just like I cut out my family, just like I cut out at some like I was on one little square on the Board of Life. So this is like reclaiming it, yeah? Because some energy is there. Some energy's been frozen, and it's not being of use now. To me, it's a form of enslavement. See about, yeah. So that's why I do. That's why I do it the night stuff. I don't want to get my energy bottled up because there's no windows there in the past, the future. There's no circulation. I want see why people feel absent in their own life because their interest and attention has been dispersed from this moment into time. Yeah based on you being the doer of so many things you didn't think you should have done or things that you should have done you didn't do, you've got aspects of your attention is stuck there. Yeah? And you don't have any access to it. So when you're here now, it doesn't seem so good because there's not enough of you here, really, to respond to what's happening because you have reacted to what isn't happening. So for me, the ninth step was the most important step because it freed me because a lot of my attention that I needed in my day now was frozen in the past. As a, This was my solution, to avoid and not deal with anything. Yeah? That doesn't work. My processing, all our processing sucks. We're like fucking toking the exhaust pipe from the pollutions. We've been, we're like storage units. So that's what I think. That's what in shamanism they call it uh, recapitulation, which is like making events or doing an inventory. You recapitulate an event because there's the essence of the energy of your oneness there is not there. It's now, and then you get you have, you reclaim it in a sense so that it can be enriching your life and other people's lives now. Yes, instead of being used to enslave you in that dead zone, you know, of there and then. That's why I do. And I still do amends now. I made an amend to my girlfriend. She didn't notice it. I was a little rude to her. I haven't seen her. And I could be a little bit like you, but could cross a line. So I, I was saying a joke, but it didn't turn out well. And I could see by her emotional reaction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. And what, what I do when you do an amend, basically the statement is, I'm willing never to do that to a, a person again. And she'd have to admit that I do get things. When I see that I've done something a little overboard, I usually cut it out, which is all you can expect. You know? Progress, not perfection. So what happens? <coughs> it's easier, you know. So you get it a little bit? Yeah. There's a difference between accountability because we're in Rome, and you got to do what the Romans do when you're in Rome. And that's the accountability. Because you're not going to go to a court and say, oh, yeah, I, there was a killing of a person, but I didn't do it, you know, because there's no me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just probably not going to fly. So, but it's a really damn good understanding to have yourself. 
Because then you can truly be accountable. Because you'll see that you had nothing really to do with it. So pride doesn't have a great chance to grow in that Petri dish. There's nothing there for it to attach to. You're not identified as the doer. Yeah? So you just go up and make the amends. And then that energy fills you now. And now it can be spent... Uh, the direction of wisdom makes a valuable... Uh, Deposit, you know, in your day. And not you, not only you benefit, but others also benefit because you're of service, because you're available and you're present, and you're aware of that. You're in the certainty of that, and it, no matter if you think you you're, you think you get it or not, you get it. Yeah. yeah so that's that, eh? Yeah. <laughs>